What's up, everybody? This is Healing Intentions, and I'm your host, Dr. Adrian Mimetti. This podcast is about natural health and wellness, mental health, cannabis, psychedelics, philosophy, and spirituality. Today, my guest is Mike Setau. Mike is an authentic, passionate, vulnerable leader who lives in the realm of self-awareness. Mike has healed and continues to heal from past trauma on his mission of self-discovery and is committed to helping others do the same. He understands his own power and helps others reclaim theirs through embracing the concept of vulnerability. Let's get started. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Healing Intentions. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Mimetti, and today I have a very special guest, a new friend of mine. Um, but, a, but a close friend that I made is recently uh, attending these MITT Mastery in Transformational Training seminars. Uh, luck to welcome Mike Satow to the show today. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, this, this is just good. This is going to be a good time. I can already hear it. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, I, uh, I knew that I had to have you on, on the show as soon as, uh, as soon as you, you know, stepped up. To the plate and really uh showed those leadership qualities and i was like wow i don't know this guy but i want to get to know him and here we are yeah and in that moment you know it's like leadership was just one of those things that you kind of just step into a role it's like you can choose to be a leader but most times you get into situations where leadership chooses you and mm. it, it gives you an open invitation and you have the full choice to either accept it or deny it and i think for me personally there's a lot of times where i deny that open invitation but leadership was so persistent because it was like, hey, man, like we see these qualities. We see that you can do this. And, you know, when you choose you and you just choose it and you choose that experience, magic happens. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, I agree. I agree. A lot of magic happens. A really powerful magic going on in the group that we have created here. And, and you know, 179, shout out all of 179. You, all, you know who you all are. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, why don't we start by just kind of a little background on yourself, like what, what's your background? What have you been into and kind of what brought you to this point today? So my background is kind of messy, if you will. You know, there's a lot of times where my background for the most part started in fitness because, you know, in high school, I was very self-conscious about my body. I had a lot of, you know, body issues. And especially when my group of friends moved and I was kind of left in solitude, it got to the point where, you know, I wasn't happy with myself. So I went on this fitness journey in terms of trial and error, you know, really trying to build my body to the point where I could actually be confident, or at least my definition of confident at the time, uh, led me to actually going all the way through my life, you know, going to school for it and actually pushing into that field, working for lots of corporate gyms, working for nutrition stores, and then ultimately going out on my own and, and trying my work at business as well from a solo standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's recent. Recently, I've been uh, in terms of jobs, you know, COVID kind of hit me really hard. I'm not even going to mm -hmm. lie to you. Yep. So I've been kind of jumping around trying to find a home. You know, I've been everywhere from the finance industry from, you know, I work in healthcare right now, um, but just kind of taking what life has given me in a sense and just kind of playing small, if I'm being honest with you. But as of right now in this space, I am in the mental health game. You know, I'm all about the self-awareness space. I love being a self-awareness enthusiast. And even the short time in which I've had conversations when I get, got reconnected, which we'll dive into that a little bit later, mm -hmm. when I got reconnected, just having conversations with people, like it's just so easy for me to be present and really help them and guide them through breakthroughs that give them the aha moments, you know, yep. and 
that's my goal now is to give so many people so many aha moments where they can reclaim their power and really just give back and share their gifts with the world. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It's like once we've gone that deep within ourselves and, you know, really begun to heal ourselves, it's our responsibility and our duty to kind of share that with the world and help as many others to do the same. So here we are. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool, man. Yeah, I, I've seen on uh, Instagram a little bit. You, you uh, get into the finance world and dabble a bit in the, you know, insurance crypto world. Is that is that right? Uh, not so much crypto, but definitely the financial industry. Okay. So I'm working. I'm working with finance or World Financial Group in mm-hmm. terms of creating and sustaining my own life insurance business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm certified to produce health and life insurance in the state of Colorado. And I think that's one of those things. It's a missing ingredient, you know, to really to really move the mantra and create generational wealth. Like life insurance is the easiest way to do that. You know, you literally just throw money into a bucket per month. And then, you know, if the unspeakable happens, you know, your family has a large lump sum of money that can actually promote them to a, a higher standard, you know, and yeah. get them out of middle class just from a tragedy. And yeah. it sucks that it has to come to that. But, you know. I think, you know, if, if a lot of people had life insurance, you know, a lot of people would start off on a better note. Oh, yeah, man, for sure. It's a big thing. And uh, I know fixed index annuities, you know, are a big thing in the investing world and and, you know, keeping your money secure, but then still being able to grow with the market. You know, you get the best of both worlds. So I actually have a finance background. Uh, so that was my undergrad uh, bachelor's in finance. And then I worked in the private equity world a little bit. We invested in natural and organic food and beverage products. So I was in like Whole Foods like 12 years ago. Just like, holy shit, like this is the future, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, man, I'm similar to you. I've done, I counted actually, I've done 18 different jobs in my life. (laughs) Wow. I've been all over the place, man. I've worked in finance. I've worked in sales. I've worked in multiple different industries. And so I finally, I had to try so many different things until I could kind of figure out like, what is my unique kind of gift to the world? And how do I bring that to everybody? You know, and it's like, it doesn't need to be just one thing. You know, we don't have to be just this cookie cutter, like, well, I do this and that's my only way I make money. It's like, not anymore, not in 2021. (laughs) Yeah. And dude, it's crazy that you say that because I'm having conversations with people now. And, you know, again, we're connecting on a deeper level Mm -hmm. and someone asked me what my favorite color was. And I just, I automatically respond red because Mm -hmm. red has always been my favorite color, but now it's getting to the point where I've really liked gold. Like gold is just the way it looks, the way it resembles, the way I see it in my mind, it's Mm -hmm. my favorite color. But for the longest time, I'm like, it's red because I said red a long time ago and I'm married to it when it's like, no, you know, things change. You know, your tastes change. And like you said, you're not necessarily, you don't have to stick to one certain identity. Like you can just adapt as time goes on and essentially just keep growing and developing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk on uh, social media. He talks about how it's like, and, and, and this is when it hit me. It's like, I had a hard time for a while. Like I'm 34 now, man. You know, so it's like, I feel like I'm 23, but <laughs> I've gone through a whole lot of different things and I've kind of had to figure out the hard way, you know, sometimes I'd get down on myself and like, I'm old and what I haven't figured out my life. Like, what am I doing? And then I realized like, no, like Gary V said it. He's like, I needed to go through all these things I went through to figure out what I liked and didn't like, because if I didn't, and I just stayed with the one job all the way through, which I could have, I don't think I could have lived with the regret of like, what if, oh, what if I would have tried that? What if I would, you know, 
And I, I don't think I could have lived with that regret. So I just went all out and I don't regret it at all. You know, Dude, so it's a great perspective, yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think everything that we've done, I'm a firm believer that life happens for us. You know, even yeah. like I'm in Vegas right now and my flight, I was supposed to fly out on a Friday and literally like three hours before my flight, the airlines was like, hey, your flight's canceled. So I'm already like, fuck, like, how do I scramble and figure this out? You know, yeah. um, and I tried to scramble and figure it out again. It didn't work out, but I ended up getting a flight the very next morning. Come to find out there was a monsoon that was swarming because I flew out of Denver. There was a monsoon and it was just unsafe conditions. I didn't know that at the time. So, I mean, it was just God's way of looking out and saying, Hey, I want to, I want to preserve my investment. You know, I don't want you to be flying in danger. And then it was another opportunity for me to hit up a friend and say, Hey, you know, I'm in town for the night. Do you want to connect? And Mm -hmm. we've, we've talked, but it's been very superficial. And especially Mm -hmm. since MITT, I haven't really been able to connect with him. And dude, I had an amazing conversation with him. Yeah. And just like saw him for the first time. He saw me for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just even more evidence that that flight cancellation on Friday, it happened for me, you know, and yeah. not to me. Yeah. And I think um, I'd love to dive into that role because I think victimhood is something that people just kind of default to now. Yeah. And it, I want to not, I want to, I'm going to create the mantra to re- help people reclaim their power. Cause yeah. you know, once you play the victim, you relinquish your power. And you really can't share your gifts in the most authentic way possible when you keep relinquishing your power. That's so true. It's so true. And, you know, you hear about this vulnerability talked about all the time, right? Brene Brown and all this stuff. Like I've heard that word, oh, be more vulnerable. And it's one thing to know all of these things intellectually, right? Like we know a lot of this stuff that we learned about over these weekends, but it's different to like experience it, to like really feel it in your core, in your heart, in your spirit, whatever and 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 actually it transform you you know because you can intellectually understand some things but then when you feel it you're like oh i'm never gonna forget that again (laughs) and when you're vulnerable magic really happens i mean the way that i've had my conversations since all of this i mean you know i'm a completely transformed man and people see it you know and i'm touching them on such a deep level and they're telling me that and i'm like this is incredible you know this is what life can be like when you're living from that open heart space, which as a male, especially is so amazing, man. You know, we got to give ourselves a lot of credit for, for being, you know, younger and signing up for something like this. Like a lot of guys would be like, nah, that's, yeah. I don't need that. Nah. It's like, we're willing to do the work, you know? And that's huge. Yeah. And even, even my attempts to enroll, like people are just kind of close minded because they're running away from it. You know, it's, I, I get it, man. It's scary. I ran away from it for a long time. But it's one of those things, you know, when, for example, like some, when someone goes through a breakup, you know, and they say, oh, I just got to get over it. That's yeah. avoidance. Like yeah. I'm looking at it from a literal standpoint because language at this point in my life is so particular. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're saying you're trying to get over something instead of through something, yep. that's different because you think that you can just hurdle it over and then it's in the back burner for the rest of your life. And it's no, like you got to address it and go through it. Otherwise you're, you're stuffing it down and it's just going to resurface at the most unopportune time in your life. Yeah, man. And you know, how many of us have made the mistake, you know, uh, of a breakup and then you right away want to cover that up, you know, numb yourself, suppress it, whatever with somebody new. It's like, is that always the best answer? You know, like right away like that. Like sometimes it's good to give yourself a little break and kind of reset and kind of, you know, I understand, you know, we all have our needs and stuff, but <laughs> got to, you know, try to be conscious about it, I guess. That's it. Just conscious. It's all about the intentions, right? 
it is about the intentions, but it's also about the self-awareness aspect of it as well, you know, because, you know, you go through a breakup and you want that rebound, but what is that rebound really doing for you? You know, typically when you go over a rebound, if you really want to dive deep into it, it's because you feel that your value has been stripped from you because someone else took it, right? Mm -hmm. You're playing the victimhood by chasing a rebound because you're looking for validity from another person to say, Hey, you are good. Just because that one person that said you aren't, you know, really struck a nerve with you. So it really stems from a lack of self-love and, you know, as it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow, but that's really the result, man. Um, yep. for me, for me personally too, like you talked about feelings and, and manhood and how we got to give ourselves credit. Like mm-hmm. you may not know this full story. So let me dive into it real quick. Yeah, please do. I, I went through the majority of my life as, as a pathological liar. Mm. I did. And not in the sense of like, you know, I didn't, I didn't lie on serious notes. Like I haven't killed anybody and lied about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But like little stuff in terms of like how much money I make in a year or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, where I've traveled to like, or, you know, my success in business or what I do on a regular basis, my grind, Mm -hmm. it, it was just unauthentic. And that really stemmed from like the first example I really discovered was when I found out that, um, my father was never in my life for a specific reason. Cause my, mm-hmm. I'm the byproduct. I'm the byproduct of a 28 year old, courageous, strong woman going to a sperm bank. Oh, that was a tough pill to swallow, man. Yeah. When, uh, you know, it's, you know, it was like 11, 12 years old when I actually had this conversation with my mom. And I remember, I remember every moment leading up to that, you know, we were getting food. I remember the exact street we were on. I remember there, there's a radio shack to our right, uh-huh. you know, and it just got me thinking, you know, being in grade school at 11, 12 years old, you know, you're like fifth or sixth grade and you yep. see all these kids talking about their dad and stuff like that. And, oh, my dad does this. My dad does that. And like, I, I just kind of like always avoided it, but I just asked her one day and I was just like, mom, like, where's my dad, you know? Mm-hmm. And the look and the pain on her face in particular struck a nerve with me. You could tell that she never wanted to have that conversation with me. And then when she told me the truth, like I, I went to a sperm bank in that moment, I felt so robbed and so cheated and just confused and lost and angry. I had this whirlwind of emotions, Yeah, but what I saw in her face was pain, like pure, 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 pure pain. Mm. And she was the only role model I had for that point in time. And I felt I was the source of that pain. So I vowed to make a decision right there that, you know, no matter how I go through life, I'm going to protect myself, my loved ones from that type of pain, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, that, that's the stem of the pathological liars, not because I had the intention of lying, but because right. I wanted to avoid pain so much that I was willing to fabricate these falsettos to essentially preserve my emotions. But yep. because of that, I formed this castle of walls around my heart to the point where I was so numb and unconscious. You know, you talked about logically, we know how to do stuff. Like mm-hmm. I knew what was right, but I couldn't feel what was right. Yep. I knew how to connect to people, but I couldn't feel how to connect to people. Yep. And there's a huge difference between the two. For sure. Wow, man. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing. And uh, that <laughs> brings up a lot. Yeah, man. Um you said self-love before, you know, self-compassion. I think if I had to encapsulate kind of the biggest breakthrough and takeaway is like how much all of it comes back to that for most of us, but for sure for myself, you know, lacking in financial abundance my whole life, you know, being in the scarcity mindset, you know, being a little bit overweight, um, you know, 
knowing very well what to do and how to eat and how to work out. Right. Like I could teach people how to do it, but do I do it myself? <laughs> you know, right. one of the really, really honest, direct feedback I got that was just hit me was like, you're literally everybody's best friend, but yourself. And I was like, hundred percent, one hundred percent true. And it's like, it's time to love myself, you know, cause with that self-compassion and self-love, everything else comes, you know, like my sugar addiction, non-existent anymore because it's like, why do I need to eat all this toxic sugar? You know? Yeah. Once in a while. Sure. It tastes great. But every night, you know, to binge, that's about something deeper. Right. You know? And so, yeah, man, that was just really, really, really powerful for me that like, why haven't I made a bunch of money in my life? Well, do I feel deserving of that? Honestly, deeply, obviously not because <laughs> it right. hasn't shown up, you know, and in, in the physical manifestation of it yet. So that's the tough pill to swallow and to be like, well, if I created all these circumstances for the bad, that means I could change, be, have a choice and choose how I come, you know, show up and respond now to then create them for the good. You know, we are responsible, not being victims. We are responsible for everything in our lives. And that is power and also really fucking scary. <laughs> yeah, dude, extreme ownership is that's why a lot of people love relinquishing, you know, power and playing yep. the victim because yep. it's so easy to blame other people for your circumstances. Yep. Like I told I talked about my flight. I could have easily said that happened to me. And like the group of guys that I met out here, they kept saying like, oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. And I was like, no, 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 no. Happened for me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, don't don't try. And they, they're doing it unintentional because I'm, right. I'm a space, you know, I'm a little bit more woke than they are in terms of this yeah. whole victimhood thing. Yeah. But I'm just that's my intention with language is to to stop it before it enters the gates. You know what I'm saying? Like have a better sense of being a gatekeeper to that negative energy that can actually put you back into that victimhood mindset, you know? And, you know, you talked about unworthiness too. I think a lot of people, a lot of people think that they need to become something. Right. And my understanding and my actually interpretation is you already are that person. There's yep. just so much shit buried on top of who you are authentically. Mm -hmm. That's holding you back from doing that. You yep. know, self-worth, self-love, and it all stems from self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And um, I would love to get into a discussion in terms of like the signs you recognized in yourself that helped you be self more self-aware and say, hey, like, you know, I got to look internally instead of externally. Yeah, man. I mean, that's oh, that's funny. I was just going to say that uh, we're on the same wavelength. Um, you literally uh, got the next thought in my mind. It's about, you know, that... Uh, self-love and what do you do about it then you know it's like how do you realize these things well you realize them by just kind of like you know that first step in the basic seminar of just like discovery of like things about yourself that like you got to take like a different perspective you know sometimes it takes different things for different people sometimes it's a near-death experience and then they wake up and they're like oh shit i've been an asshole my whole fucking life like let me not do this anymore you know they say that everybody experiences a psychedelic in life it's called death but we get to, you know if you take psychedelic substances or have experiences like we did this weekend or with breath work or with meditation or with sex or with many different you know formats but to get to this like deeper um just place of just being 
you know, it's not about what we do or what we have, right? But who we are. And, and so it's like, who are you really deep down? And then that's a tough question to answer, you know, and it's like, it can be at first, but then you realize all these layers we have built up, you know, we're living this like shell of an existence of what we can, of what we're able to, what our potential is. And it's just like, why am I continuing like this? You know, why do I choose to continue to be like this? I don't, I choose not to. <laughs> and, and that's, there's power, there's so much power in that, man. So I think it's, you know, that awareness. And then it's just, you know, every, all of our experiences in our life, it's not like it was, Oh, MITT totally changed our lives. It's like everything we did up until that point made us who we are to be ready to be into that seminar, to then apply all that together into, you know, the, the magic that we are today. So yeah, man, like they said, it's just the beginning. It really is a lifestyle. And, uh, I'm just really excited, man. Real excited for it. Absolutely, man. Just from the small pieces, like every time I react a certain way, I'm able to really dive into that, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. it's exciting. It's fun to do that. You know, for example, like I used to, I used to always want to be around people, you mm -hmm. know, to the point where like, I would almost linger, like you go to over a friend's house and like, you know, they would essentially have to kick you out and be like, yo, bro, are you, are you going to leave? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and when I look back at that, it's because, you know, I felt lonely and I didn't like myself. So it like kind of going back to what you said, like, why would I want to spend time with just myself when I could spend time with everybody else? You know, I'd rather yes. be the best friend to somebody else than myself. So that's one aspect, you know, yep. Yep. Uh, for me too, like I was quick to lash out. Like someone cuts me off in traffic. I might be playing a video game and and die or something like something that happens to everybody. Right. Yeah. But I felt this sense of entitlement and I was just like, God damn it. Like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. And it's like, you know, that anger isn't from that moment. It's from being angry from past moments and it's just bubbling and it's just bubbling and it's just bubbling. Yep. You know, one of the things that we learned is events are neutral and yep. how you react to it is just your interpretation of the event, you know, which is powerful. Oh, it's yeah. so powerful, you know, cause like there was some guy that I was in the elevator with, who was like just quiet and he felt like so victim. And he was like, Oh, I'm 17. I don't know how to live out here. I was like, bro, I don't, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, I don't know why you're in Vegas at 17. Cause you can't do shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you should, yeah. you, I've been there. It's not that fun. <laughs> it's not that fun when you're not 21. No. Um, but you could just, you could see like in his face, he was looking for sympathy from me mm. and dude, I just looked at him dead in the eye and I was just like, I can't help you. <laughs> I can't help you. You know? And it's like, from me, that was a very neutral thing because I was aware of it. But for him, I may have came off as a dick. I may have came off as insensitive. You know, he might have interpreted that event as, you know, just a negative experience. Right. When for me, I was like, it was just neutral, bro. Like, I'm that's the facts. I can't help you. I don't I didn't come here with you. I didn't I didn't help you. Like, I love you and I hope that you figure this out. But there's mm -hmm. nothing I can help you with. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. Yeah, man, it's like you said, we, you know, it's so much easier to play the victim. Like, why is all of Hollywood and all of, you know, movies, most of them are all just playing that victim story, just reinforcing it like, yeah, oh, look, he got fucked over. Oh, man. Yeah, that that sucks when that happens. Guys suck. Girls are cheaters. It's like that's what I, a big thing I realized, man, is how much I've been playing victim in all areas of my life, like. That was yeah. the hardest pill to swallow, I think, of like, whoa, if I take full responsibility for everything, that's a game changer. <laughs> and it has been, man. Let me tell you, it has been. And I think that's, you know, it's just like these simple 
simple shifts, right? I love Steve Jobs quote, uh, one of his favorites of, of my, uh, one of my favorites of his simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And, you know, sometimes the most simple things are the most complex and beautiful. I mean, you know, like an example, something I'm really into is water fasting, you know, water only for I've done up to 14 days with just water only. And man, there's nothing more simple. Just stop eating, <laughs> drink a lot of water and what it can do for your body, dude. I mean, 40% of our energy is used on digestion. So when you turn that off, you know, all that energy gets redirected towards healing and towards just regenerating and repairing in your body. And so it's just like, you know, if you've ever experienced ketosis, how that feels, you know, burning off of fat, how efficient, and amazing that is, you know, imagine extending that on and on and on. And then, you know, all these different diseases that can help people with, you know, high blood pressure and cancer and all these things, type two diabetes, like completely reversed after a few, you know, a week fast, like it's just crazy. So yeah, man, I'm big into the simple, you know, sometimes it's not easy, but it's simple. Simple. Absolutely. Just simple steps. That's all. It's, that's all it really takes. You know, I think people get so in their head and, you know, they're thinking about all the ways to get out and they think, 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 think. And then so you got to feel what's right. You got to feel the situation. Like yeah. I say feel so openly because I, I truly believe that you have to feel instead of think your head is your head is useful. Don't get me wrong. Like, don't just say I'm gonna follow my heart. because You're going to get fucked over sometimes. Right. You know, but at the end of the day, like, don't don't create islands. I had an island between my my heart and my head. Mm -hmm. I lived in my head and the island that led to my heart was guarded by walls. You know, it was a moat full of crocodiles. Like <laughs> I didn't have a, I didn't have a strong enough boat. I yep. guess the metaphor I'm trying to create is I just didn't know how to discover and get there. Mm -hmm. And I think that really came from my pride as a human being. You know, I told you the story about how like my mom delivered the news about my dad mm -hmm. and I kind of, I kind of felt robbed and cheated in the sense of I taught myself a lot of things on how to be a man, you know, how to shave, how to treat a woman, you know, mm -hmm. which deodorants to buy, mm -hmm. you know, how to feel and what's the opposite and what's the exact way in a permissive way to feel. Right. And, you know, when you don't have that, you kind of base it off what you see on the media. And, you know, if you look at all these stories, sitcoms, movies, anything like that. Oh, yeah. What's the dad character, the strong, masculine I don't show any emotion. I have my shit right. together. Oh, you right. can rely on me. Like basically someone who's guarded and unexpressive. So, I mean, that's the standard I created when at the end of the day, it's like, you're not masculine or feminine. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to designate as I'm super masculine or I'm super feminine. You have the permission to dance in between the two. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people really need to rediscover is like, you aren't, you aren't just one aspect of that. You know, you can have feminine qualities. Like I love to talk, you know? I have a feminine quality to talk. You oh, know, yeah. some men, they're just like, they just grunt like, Ooh, mm, uh -huh, <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. but for me, I really tap into my feminine side by talking and conversing and connecting and being observant on a lot oh, yeah. of things. Oh yeah. But I also have that standard where I can toughen up. I can lead, I can be dominant, you know, in terms of being that masculine figure, you know, it's just a matter of knowing where you're at in that dance because you can always go back and forth, you know? Yep. Oh man. So spot on. That's something I've dealt with and learned with through my life of, you know, I grew up, uh, I was an only child till I was nine years old. And then my little sister's 10 years younger than me was born. And so being an only child, you know, that's, that's a trip in itself <laughs> and, uh, the dynamics that creates, you know, like, and 
um, Albanian. And so if you've ever seen the movie, my big fat Greek wedding, that's like exactly like my family. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> and, and so they're very like, I'm a guy, I'm the firstborn. I'm like the golden child, you know, of the family. Like everybody was all about me. Like, Oh, Adrian. Oh, Adrian. So did I develop a little entitled, you know, attitude? Absolutely. Oh, the world, you know, owes me something. The world doesn't owe me shit. Like I got, I got a, show up for the world it's like what am i putting out into the world and then the world will bring that back to me you know mm -hmm. that's how it works it all comes from within one thing i realized during this seminar was like oh, that's my tendencies like you know my sales background i want to share with stuff with people like you said feminine like i'm very uh expressive and i want to share and i want to talk and i'm very observant like i notice everything <laughs> and so it was a hard thing for me to be like am i like a really feminine man like am i not masculine i don't really feel like i like sports like a lot of guys do you know but let me watch them just so i can like fit in and be a man you know and then a few years ago i realized like i don't actually care about these sports at all <laughs> so i just stopped watching them and i feel so free and i love it you know and i focus on the stuff i love like i have you know three bookcases full of books and I fucking love documentaries and, you know, I love spending my time on other stuff. So mm -hmm. it's about, you know, finding that balance within yourself. You know, I talked to one of my professors at my school about this and she's like, she's like, Adrian, I don't think you're more feminine at all. I think you're just a balanced male. And I was like, oh, <laughs> she's like, yeah, that's not right. so common these days, but you're in a good example of that. I was like, wow, thank you. And so are you, Mike. So here we are. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing is when it comes to masculinity and femininity, femininity mm -hmm. for men, it's tied to their sexuality, whereas yeah. women, it's not right. You know, men can feel demasculated, but women don't necessarily feel defeminized. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, at least from my experience, you know, that's why women are so open and they can say, oh, my God, girl, you look hot. Like, oh, let me touch that ass. Ah, mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. they can be fully expressive like that, but their sexuality is never questioned. You know, yeah. if, if we were hanging out, Adrian, and I was like, damn, you look fine, bro. And I like slapped you on the ass. Like, <laughs> right. People are going to be like, yo, what the hell is going on right here? Yeah. It's yeah. just the stigma is a lot different. So when oh, it comes yeah. to establishing that masculinity and femininity, men have an extremely hard time coming to terms with that. Whereas female, there's really no pressure for them to exercise both. Yeah. Yep. For sure. And, uh, man, <laughs> topic of sexuality something i could talk about for many podcasts uh <laughs> it's definitely a big area of interest of mine and uh you know when when done right i think sex can be a very spiritual experience you know and i used to be you know i'm a scorpio and so like i'm very like sexual um of a person you know it, it just comes out like i just exude it constantly i have no choice <laughs> right and uh and so I've realized how much of a power that can be. You know, it's a very, very powerful energy that when used appropriately can do you can do magic with it, you know. But when it's just wasted and just, you know, lost just unnecessarily, <laughs> it, it can be quite a distraction and quite a just like, you know, you remember being from like 14 to like 22 years old, just like pure testosterone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you find, yeah, you find a way to rub it out any way you can. Right. And especially like in our age, like the, the internet was so accessible for porn, you know, like, oh yeah. when you, when you, 
were adults in the 80s or 90s, you know, you had to go get a Playboy, you had to work up the courage. There was some shame in that. But now you can just be behind closed doors and pull up a screen and just lie about your age. If you're under 18, they're like, you're 18. And you could be like, you know, fucking 13, <laughs> yep. just typing a fake birthday. And they're like, all right, cool. You check out like the yep. security system sucks. Yeah. Um, but you can really get lost in that. You really can get lost in that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, porn is a whole topic in itself. You know, it's oh, just yeah. it's we don't have to dive into that, but I do want to talk about, you know, you, you talked about just shooting it out. Mm-hmm. I came to terms and I actually, Kevin Gates is one of my favorite artists and he's a very spiritual man. Like he's, mm-hmm. you can, his growth is phenomenal. And he said something about how, you know, your sperm, your seed, your semen has the ability to create life. Yep. So why the hell would you shoot that into a napkin? Why the hell would you shoot that into a trash can, into a sock, into the toilet? Like you're giving away the energy of life from your body. And when you do it from a numbing aspect, such as porn, it's just a double whammy to the point where people become so desensitized. They lose a lot of confidence. They don't feel empowered. They don't love themselves because this series of events and the actions that transpire from them have just essentially relinquished their power in a way that is unbeknownst to them. And it's really sad. It's really, really sad. So, I mean, you know, masturbation is one of those things. I'm not saying like you should never do it. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying, but you know, it's just a matter of moderation. You know, how often do you release? Like are you doing it, you know, once a day, twice a day, three times, multiple times a day. And trust me, bro, I've been there, you know, oh, yeah. I've been there to the point where, you know, it's almost shameful. You know, you look at your internet search history and you try to clear all the catching cookies. That way, <laughs> yeah. if your friend opens up your phone, they don't catch you, you know, <laughs> or, you know, there's, there's so many loopholes around it. But at the end of the day, it's just you have to be honest with yourself and say, like, hey, if, if I'm masturbating a lot, mm-hmm. like what's really going on? Right. right. Comes down to that self-worth, self-love. You know, I'd say for me, it's probably once a week. Yeah, once once a week, at least as of recently, too. And I feel fine with that. You know, it's a good release. I feel good about it. I can go about my day. You know, we're all men. You know, we're all primitive. You know, we all have that primal rage. You know, so we're fueled by sex. It's understanding. Um, so, I mean, I don't think there's any shame in masturbation. It's just, it's the tactic and the, I guess the motivation for masturbation is the big thing. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know their motivation for masturbation. They're just on a hamster wheel of emotional clarity, right? Not clarity, but emotional uncertainty. Mm, Emotional uncertainty. That's so true. Yeah. They're just, a lot of people are just living lives just unconsciously, right? Just going through the motions, numbing themselves out. Oh, I got to go to work. Oh, I got to go home now. Oh, I feel shitty about my job. So let me numb myself out and let me repeat the process, you know, and look forward to the weekend because oh, there's a couple of days that I can have to myself, you know, it's like, you know, that's uh, yeah. And it's funny. And the podcast episode I recorded yesterday, we talked exactly about this, about men losing their essence in Chinese medicine. Um, it's called your Jing. And they say that like when you're a man and as you get older, you should actually ejaculate less and less and less often. Like when you're 30s, you should ejaculate once a week. When you're 40s, you should ejaculate once every other week, you know, and on and on and on, like less and less and less, the better because it just really depletes your, your just your vital energy, your vital force, you know, and there's power in like holding it like the tantric, you know, kind of like out there stuff they talk about like holding on to it and then being able to actually orgasm but not ejaculate and kind of like injaculate you know like keep it within you and keep the energy circulating 
which I haven't gotten there yet, but uh, I'll keep you guys updated because <laughs> uh, that's quite uh, practice. I think it takes some time to get there, but uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely at the more than once a week. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yes. Uh, pace. And, uh, and yeah, I think it, it can be overdone and it can be an addiction. It can be just like anything, you know, uh, what are you using it for? What are the intentions? And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of therapeutic, you know, benefit to it. Of course, get the prostate, you know, cleansed out, get the juices renewed, you know, all that stuff. Um, but, but yeah, anything can be in, in excess for sure. Even good things. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you just owned it. You just owned your, your power right now. And I think a lot of people, when they have a conversation, they don't love themselves you'd almost try to mirror me, right? right? Like you heard me say once a week, but your mind didn't go to, oh, I have to keep up with him. Let me, let me say that because mm -hmm. then he's going to look at me a certain way. Like, mm -hmm. no, like we're not worried about that. Yep. You know, it's, it's one of those simple things that if you're honest with yourself on that level, you know, you operate from a place of integrity, your self-esteem grows. And every time that you do a little lie, and this is coming from a past pathological liar, as yep. I just admitted, yep. every time you do a simple lie, you take a piece away from your self-esteem and you add it to the walls that guard your heart. And the more you do it, the bigger those walls get. And let me tell you, this is from someone who had to put fucking TNT, multiple <laughs> blasts of TNT, and you're actually helpful in that situation. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Multiple blasts of TNT were thrown at my walls to the point where now it's just, I'm free, you know? And even, even to the point where uh, body language, like mm. I don't really cross my arms much anymore yeah. unless I'm cold. Yeah. Like, you know, and even if I'm cold, I'm, I'm huddled like, like to the body, but either way, like I'm physically exposing my heart to the point where it's like, it's a subconscious way of saying, Hey, I'm here. Mm. It really yeah. is. Cause this is the thing I learned too, is like the people who are super, super powerful. I compare them to gladiators, right? You know, if you're fighting to the death, you have a shield in one hand, you have a sword in the other. Mm. But here's the thing. If you're constantly trying to win a fight with just the shield, you're never going to win. Yeah. You have to be willing to lower that shield in order to really swing your sword. Love that. You know what I'm saying? Love that, bro. Yep. Exactly. And then you take it a step further and you can throw the shield on the ground altogether and you can just wield the sword. And then you can take it a step further and you can actually sheath the sword. Mm. Meaning that you don't necessarily show that you have power. You just know you have it in your back pocket. You don't have to prove anybody. You can just be. Exactly. Yep. It reminds me of Gandhi, Fighter Without a Sword. I think that was a book that I did for a uh, biography school project in school on Gandhi, and it was called Fighter Without a Sword. And I was like, I like that. You know, he's mm. a fighter, but he never used any weapons, right? You right. Know? And I uh, fought for some big, big things. And uh, I think that's what it's about, that nonviolence. You know, like I'm... I've never been in a fight in my entire life ever. I've never been punched. I never punched somebody like nothing, but I'm a big, you know, six two, two forty guy. And, uh, I think that's come, you know, to my advantage over my life <laughs> and not getting any fights, but I'm a black belt and first degree in Taekwondo from when I was younger, you know, like I know a little bit of what to do, but I know that my philosophy is that it's like, I would never fight unless it was like defending my life for somebody else's. You know, I was like, only as a last resort do we need to fight, you know, and that's that some of that toxic masculinity that's out there, you know, of guys just going out there, just looking for the fight. You see it and then they're like, you bump into them and they're like, what, what, bro? I'm like, hey, man, you know, if somebody bumps into me, I'm like, hey, bro, you OK? You good? Like, have a good night, man. You know, like there's no at all ill wishes, you know, so. Mm hmm. 
it's just about that i think that that vibe you're putting out man you know um oh i don't think i finished my thought but from earlier it just came back to me i wanted you know my my background in sales as i wanted to after the seminar basic i wanted to like share with everybody hey everybody you need to take this you should do it too oh my god it's so great and then i realized in advance i had this realization of like it doesn't matter about everybody else it's about myself <laughs> Let me just focus on myself. Stop talking about it. Just start doing it and being it. And then people will see. And then that ripple effect, you know, has come out just like that. And that's exactly yeah. what's happened. You know, I'm just doing shit and I'm not worried about making sure people know about it. You know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, yeah, what you're going to do, you're actually like you said, you're owning it. You're being it. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the sharing aspect that, like you said, they don't look internally. Yep. You know, I know that there's tons of people out there that go to an event and they're like, oh, my God, I'm so motivated to take ownership of my life. Like I learned all these tools. I believe in myself, yada, yada, yada. And they tell everybody they know. And what ends up happening that is you have this cup full of motivation and ambition and you just pour a little bit into people who really don't give a shit. Right. Yep. And then they're pouring. You have an empty glass of all the opposite traits, right? Self-doubt, you know, depression, no self-love. Mm -hmm. And when you pour a little bit out of your ambition cup, they're pouring a little bit into that other cup. And then before you know it, you're sharing so much, you're empty with your ambition and ambiguity. And now you have this big cup of self-doubt because, you know, energy transfers. It really does. Oh, yeah. But it's one of those things that, you know, don't necessarily try to focus on transferring your energy. If you know that you don't have a lot of energy to give, like be self-aware, you know, if your cup is running low, I mean, you could give them your last, but just know that's going to come with a price. You're going to have mm -hmm. to find a way to fill that cup up again. Mm -hmm. And I think people, you know, that all comes from self-love yep. from yourself as well. The yep. whole thing of being a people pleaser, not necessarily oh, yeah. being, yeah. I mean, we talked about that. That's me. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> we've been there. Yep. I mean, it's, it's me too. Like there's times like I haven't, I haven't been able to accomplish the things I've wanted to these past couple of days or I have, but I just sacrifice sleep because of it, because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm choosing to connect with people. People are like, Hey, I want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's ever since this bro, like people have just been flocking to me. It's like, Hey, I want to have a one-on-one -on -one with you. Hey, I want to have a one-on-one yeah, -on -one with you. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And then it's two in the morning and I'm like, fuck, like I got to work tomorrow. And then, uh, I got to go to Vegas and, uh, I still got to do all this and damn, you know? It's like you always got to choose you. You always got to look out for number one. Yep. And I think Absolutely. what people don't realize is, yeah, I think what people don't realize is like when you choose to be selfish by looking out for yourself, that's the best way to be selfless. Yeah. Because again, you can't pour for an empty cup. Spot on, man. Beautiful words. And, uh, you know, it's like that whole put on your oxygen mask first before you help others. Right. You know, you can't help yeah. anyone else if you're passed out. <laughs> Like you're, you got to help yourself first so that you can then help everybody else really get to their maximum and their fullest potential. But how much can you do that if you're just living this shell of an existence once again, you know, which I realize I've been doing, which I feel like probably most of us realize, you know, we're potentials here, you know, and we're living kind of like down here. <laughs> I, that was me. I don't know for, for yourself, but I'm, I'm guessing that's why a lot of us were here. It's like, that's why it's so special. And I connected really, because it's not like a bunch of people that have a whole bunch of issues and whatever, you know, it's like people that are doing pretty good that want to do like excellent, you know, and I really vibe with that, you know, because I've never really had like major issues in my life. I'm very grateful and blessed, like no health issues really. And 
So obviously being in the healthcare world, you know, and seeing what people suffer with, even at such young ages, man, we're just, you know, extremely blessed just for our health, our health, health is wealth, you know, and health is number one. And if you don't have that, I don't care how much money you have or any, anything else, none of it matters. Um, so health is really, really is our priority. And, um, you know, just really feeling that and, and realizing once again, back to the self-love, if you love yourself fully, everything else, you know, stems from that. I agree. It's beautiful, man. So <laughs> tactics for self-love, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer and I'm actually utilizing this as well. Compose a morning and, a, and an evening routine. Oh yeah. And stick to it. Stick to something doable. Because what I've learned is you can usually control your mornings. You can usually control your evenings, but you can't control the middle part of your day. Yep. Shit comes up. People people throw monkey wrenches at you all the time. Yep, Shit happens, right? But if you can control the beginning and the end of your day, everything in between seems manageable, seems doable, right? Mm-hmm. And you, know, you gain your power when you first wake up. A lot of people, they check their phone as soon as they wake up. And it's like you're putting yourself in a reactive state by doing that. You open Instagram, you open Facebook, and you're scrolling through other people's shit before you take care of your own. Exactly. And if you, and if whoever's listening to this, if you're doing that, recognize that. Remember, you're whole. There's nothing wrong with you, essentially. But if you feel like you don't like being like your or being around yourself, you don't love yourself. Start by putting the phone away. You know, you know. I I, I literally have a self care routine before I wake up. I journal. I make my bed. I brush my teeth. I exercise, and then. I'll essentially scroll. And when I say I exercise, or I'm sorry, when I say I don't check my phone for social media, I may open Instagram to create something, but not necessarily to consume something. I think there's a big difference in that. You know, if you, if you, yeah, if you go on social media and you, you know, you, you create a story and you say, Hey, I'm journaling this morning, working on myself. That's a lot different than scrolling through mindlessly and looking at other people's captioning content, you know? Get yourself into a creative mode before you get into a reactive consumer mode. That's super, super important. That's so spot on, man. I, uh, I, I shadowed this doctor up in NorCal um, and uh, he said to a patient something that I really liked a lot. He's like, you know, you should aim to spend like 75 or so percent of your day consuming material and then 25 percent creating and like making your own stuff and making your own material and whatever. And I thought that was really cool because how often is it just 100% consumption? You know, that's most of the time just taking in, taking in, watching movies, reading books, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. But it's like, holy shit, what have I put out there? What have I created? What have I shared with the world? And that's something I've been very aware of because I've been, you know, very lacking in that lately. Um, and it's going to start to amp up for sure because why? Because I was afraid to share with the world. I don't fucking know why. <laughs> my own fears and my own like self doubts and oh, when I got bullied when I was young and oh, I'm not con- you know self confident in myself and all these things and I'm just like, that's fucking crazy, man. How long am I going to continue living that story for? You know, <laughs> right? And uh, it doesn't serve like, you. Enough's enough. Yep. Yeah, and I think you know when you say creating and people who are listening, they probably are going through a couple of different emotions right Right. now. They're thinking like, well, I don't have anything meaningful to share or I'm not good at anything. You know, there's people like that. And I get it. Like it's sometimes when you feel like your worth isn't dictated with a certain skill, 
then you feel worthless, you know, mm-hmm. but when it comes to creating something, it's not even necessarily something that you have to post to the world right away. Right. You know, creating, creating would literally be opening a composition book. You know, I actually have something called a five minute journal uh-huh. that, you know, it's just opening and writing and there's no right or wrong way to do it. You could just unpack your day on there. You can have goals for the day. You can talk about a dream you had. You can talk mm-hmm. about how your cat Fluffy is the is your best friend. And mm-hmm. the only time you hate her is when you have to clean her litter box. You know, it's like <laughs> you could write about whatever the fuck you want. But yeah. literally writing gets you in a creative juice. And it just it gives you that confidence to handle anything else. Yep. And it's just that practice of putting into physical manifestation what you think into physical reality by writing it down and then now this can become your actual physical manifestations of these dreams you know because thoughts become things that's how it works and so you know it's uh it's not just some theory woo woo oh law of attraction like that shit is real man (laughs) it is so spot on and i've seen here's a perfect example I wore this shirt that I have that says like fiesta, 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 siesta, fiesta. You know, it's like a funny shirt and I wear it out all the time. Never, you know, nothing. Dude, after these seminars, I wore it out and I swear to God, I got like five compliments on the, oh man, that's such a funny shirt. Wow, good shirt. And I was like, nothing changed about the shirt. It's me. It's my vibe. It's my energy that I'm putting out. And people are like, oh, what's up, man? Hey, you seem more open. You seem more approachable. You seem more comfortable. Like, you you know, and and boom, I was always like that, but even more so now, you know, and uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Just (laughs) a perfect example of like, it's not about any of this external shit. It's what's coming from in here. Really? Yeah. Dude, yeah. I mean, I went to a pool party yesterday and I have a tattoo on my back that has the Denver skyline and, and the Rocky okay. Mountains in the back. Nice. And like people have seen the tattoo before, but people are just like, yo, like, got to let you know the tattoo's dope. Like, it's just it's a vibe different. You know, mm-hmm. when they actually see that you're open and you're more approachable and they see that you, you know, you actually care and like you're a free spirit. People are more inclined to talk to you versus if I'm just walking around flexing and, you know, mugging people like <laughs> that's not real. That's not real, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like Rodrigo talked about the, the alpha male in the gym with the, <laughs> with the oh, that was headphones funny. and the, you know, the colored shorts and all the stuff. I was like, I know exactly the guy. <laughs> it's like that's one strong peacock, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. And you know, no judgment at all. We all have our, you know, roles and our different, you know, masks and our different, um, you know, beliefs and egos and stuff that we've gone through in our lives. But um it's just you know like i said observant i just observe everything (laughs) i i swear i could have been like in the cia like i actually when i was in school the cia was at my school recruiting and one of the recruiters told me that i could go far in the process and for like the clandestine like spy basically process so could have been a spy (laughs) but chose not to um and uh so yeah i'm very observant and so it's just funny to observe stuff you know you just observe and just (laughs) find uh you know entertainment in it and that's it there's lots of you know like people watching vegas bro wow what a place to people watch (laughs) it's amazing yeah oh absolutely man and like i'm I'm at this point where i'm reading people now like i'm able to actually essentially and you know not judge i think there's a big difference between judging and reading you know judgment is essentially putting my interpretations my insecurities onto other people based on what i read but when i read i'm literally looking like you know first off i always come from a place of love you know 
I, I, I truly believe you're a self-reflection of what you see in other people. You know, if yeah. you love yourself, you're confident in yourself, you see the beauty and the confidence in other people. Yeah. If you're insecure and feel unworthiness, you look for that in other people. Yeah. Like for the longest time, like I would talk to people and maybe I focus on, oh, they got a crooked tooth right here, or they got a pimple on their forehead, or their uh-huh. ears look funny, or yeah. their clothes look funny. And that's just a self-reflection of who I was because I didn't love myself, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's to the point where I... I'm open with myself. You know, I love myself. So I, I see the love in people and I yeah. see the beauty in people, even if they don't see it in themselves. And I think that is a huge, 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 huge step because a lot of people, they, it's hard for them to love someone they don't know. And love is not like a big, like audacious thing that you have to commit to. It's really not like, like I can tell a stranger, I love you. Mm-hmm. Hey, oh my gosh. Like, you know, we have a good conversation. Like, I love you so much. Like, have a great day. Yeah, it can be. And that's just perfect. You know, and that might make their day. Am I saying like, hey, let's get married? No, no, don't get it twisted. No, we're not doing that. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, just saying the L word is not that big of a deal. You know, yeah, it really isn't. It doesn't need to, you know, before this seminar, I swear that saying that to some stranger would feel very fake to me. You know, I'll be honest. But then now it's like, no, I was just afraid to express what I already was feeling. You know, that's it. It's It was there. The love is always there. Like you said, you're always whole. But what's in the way of you expressing that? What walls are built up around your heart and that connection between your heart mind, which is really where the magic is. Um, when that gets all flowing, man, you know, love is way just beyond what people think, like romantic love or love with their family and stuff. It's like, you know, look at love with a pet. And the unconditional love that that shows and teaches you, you know, and then just like love of a stranger, the love of all the people in this seminar that we were in together, man, our our 179 family. Like it's it's crazy, you know, people that we've never met in person (laughs) that we're you don't know they're total strangers. And now we legitimately love each other and expressing that love. And we've been more vulnerable and open and sharing of stuff that even people closest in our lives don't even know. And that is magical. You know, there's a really good Albert Einstein quote. uh, You can view everything as if it's a miracle or nothing as if it's a miracle, you know. And so it's like, I think everything's pretty miraculous and and full of love. Um, And when you choose to see it that way, beautiful things can start to happen beautiful things yeah and you you talked about vulnerability vulnerability is the the most efficient way to connect with people yep. because even if our stories like when i shared my story that's not your story right but there's aspects of the story i shared that apply to your life mm-hmm. right so then you feel you feel like we've been through similar shit and that creates the connection you yep. know and connection will essentially create love yep and that's really it it's just having the courage to say hey i am going to share a vulnerable part of myself and I will say this, like, it's scary as shit as first. Oh, yeah. If you've never shared like a deep, dark secret with somebody, hell yeah. Like that takes courage to face. But now I can share this story about my mom being a courageous, strong woman, you know, going to a sperm bank at 28 years old. It didn't come out like that at the very beginning. It came out like I was so lost, so confused. Like I was crying my eyes out. Like it was mm-hmm. so hard for me to share. Mm-hmm. But I think the more you share the vulnerability with yourself, the more you actually reclaim power and that aspect and that experience diminishes in power that it has over you. Yeah. You know, yep. the more you share it, the more it goes away. 
You know, it's kind of like your ego sitting on your shoulder and it's like, don't share it. Don't share it. Don't share it. Mm-hmm. I look at my ego as a physical thing now. And I'm just like, oh, thank you so much for sharing. But fuck you for caring. You know, it's just like <laughs> because at the end of the day, your ego is not helping you. It's yeah. just it's it's there to protect you. But it's aspect of protection is based off prior experiences that you've had, even right. if it's not going to serve you going forward. For example, like fire, you know, we touched fire when we were young. We we're like, ow, that's hot. Mm-hmm. And for the rest of our life, we formed the fire. Hey, don't you know, don't touch fire. That's a belief that we formed. Don't touch fire. So when we go back to like maybe the first time we got rejected, you know, like sixth grade, you go up to the prettiest girl in school and you're shy and you have your hands in your pockets and you're just like, will you be my girlfriend? And uh-huh. She's like, fuck no, dude. Like, she's like, <laughs> hell no. And she like she embarrasses you. But then yeah. you have that one piece of evidence that you go through your whole life saying, hey, I'm not worthy of pretty women because, you know, yeah. Ashley in the sixth grade said no and, and embarrassed me. Yep. It's like, how silly is that when you actually put it in that aspect? But our ego does a good job of holding this encyclopedia of all our experiences and saying, hey, nope, 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 nope. We have this. We have this evidence. We have this evidence. Mm -hmm. And it's super, super scary to do it at first. But the more you actually take those risks, the more you're vulnerable, the more evidence your ego creates from a productive standpoint. It no longer is looking for the shit. It's looking for the pleasure. Right. Yep. 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 Yeah, man. Beautiful. Yeah. Spot on. Um, it really is, is such a beautiful shift. And, and, and that's like, I, I hope what people are hearing this, they, they know what we're talking about. I know that a lot of people will, and some people just aren't ready for it. You know, like, man, I wasn't ready for a lot of this stuff for a long time, you know, and to meet people where they're at. Right. Like they said, some people are at step A and they went to step B, you know, some people are at, you know, F and they went to G, you know, we're all at different places, but even if a tiny little bit of this resonated with you and uh, causes you to think a little and, you know, go a little deeper then we accomplished our mission, you know? (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, man, this has been amazing. I know we could talk for hours and hours about all these different topics and I can't wait to come to Colorado and shred some of those uh, mountains together. Um, But, but yeah, uh, anything else that's on your mind, man, you want to share that, you know, since we're got this going here and before we get got off, I want to let you enjoy your time in Vegas. Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate you having me on the show. I think um, if I'm going to say one last thing to anybody who's listening is don't be afraid to own your power. Mm-hmm. You are whole. You are so powerful. And I promise you, if you believe in yourself, you can accomplish big things. And to instill that belief, you're going to have to be able to put that shield down. Just be vulnerable. Come to terms with your shit. Because chances are when you express that and you relate that someone else can really benefit from it. Yeah. Yep. Really good chance. Many people can benefit from it. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, well said, man. And I appreciate you and uh, acknowledge you for that awesome, powerful, authentic, uh, vulnerable leader that you are, bro. And uh, it's been a blessing to be in this group with you and just super excited for what's to come. And uh And yeah, man, I love you, brother. Love you too, man. First of many. Yes, sir. Thank you. We'll talk soon. All righty.